the Lord. <clears throat> so I know that we said that we were going to start talking about a topic. You know, last week we said we're going to start by saying, is it permissible to pray more than once for something? But, you know, I was, once I got home, I was able to find this article, what we were talking about, uh, We were talking about this article about how a Dyson sphere could bring humans back from the dead. <clears throat> and I found the article. And I was able to print it out. And it's not what you really think it is. And that's why I want to touch on this article again. Now, was it that science, that science mechanics article you were talking about? Yes, yeah, from Popular. Popular, okay. popular right. Mechanic. Oh, right. That's what it was. <laughs> Uh, it was, mm -hmm. and it's really kind of, kind of unusual. 
Um, so it, it says, imagine this, in the far, far future, long after you've died, you'll eventually come back to life. So everyone else who have ever had a hand in the history of human civilization. Okay. Um, so, um, but in this scenario, coming back from the dead is um, different. So this is how it's going to go down. A megastructure called the Dyson Sphere will provide a superintelligent artificial agent with the enormous amounts of power it needs to collect as much historical and personal data about you so it can rebuild your exact digital copy. That sounds like the cloud. <laughs> uh, sort of. So once it's finished, you'll you'll live your whole life again in a simulated reality. And when the time comes for you to die again, you'll be transported into a simulated afterlife. It doesn't make any sense, though. Where you're going to hang out with your friends, family, and favorite celebrities. But how would you know? Ever. How are they going to be able to measure consciousness? How are you going to connect yourself with who you were when you were flesh and blood. Oh, See, I, I don't, I don't think... This is really bizarre. And it they, does, they were having a way to gauge that. And it does <laughs> say, yes, this is mind-boggling, but someday no, it might be very real. It's not mind-boggling, it's stupid. Because how, how are you going to actually communicate with your soul? Basically, that's what is it's I don't think. <laughs> I don't think they're looking at... Uh, at the very end of the article, it says... And, and Turchin, T-U-R-C-H-I-N, is the person who's working on this. He says that immoral, for immorality, for immorality can't bring back humans the way Abrahamic religions, which encompass the concept of a soul can, but with the help of a colossally big Dyson sphere and friendly artificial intelligence. All they're going to have is a sophisticated program. Digital <laughs> resurrection. <laughs> digital resurrection is the next and best thing. Digital so, program. So what they're, and, and the bottom line is it's like a clone. Well, no, it's not even like they can't even. Well, that, that's what they're That's giving themselves about. too much credit. It's not even a clone. All they've done is amass all the data they can on the person and they write a program. So, so what he is doing is collecting everything, every tidbit, every little tiny thing about his life. Uh, he's recording and keeping diaries of every dream, conversation. Yeah, but it's not connected to anything and daily experience that he has. And throughout, it's even, he's even collecting his uh, own biases. Uh -huh. and because he says that artificial intelligence needs to subject future resurrectees to the exact same all, developmental all conditions they went through when they lived for the sake of authenticity. He, he doesn't need to call it resurrection because it's not. And he can't call it cloning because it's not. But he can call it a sophisticated program. Well, and we the, get that. Well, and the we... only one that's going to relate to it are the people who are first introduced to it, who have probably no prior knowledge of who he once was. Or even if they did, they won't be talking to that individual. There's no spiritual connection. 
So here, once the artificial intelligence creates your precise digital copy, anything is possible, even restoration to biological life. So the artificial intelligence will doggedly search for your DNA. It will even dig up your grave because only then it will be able to create a clone of your physical body. Even if they dug up the body. Where <laughs> in your digital copy will find its temple. It will find uh, uh, a housing for the programming and you have to find some kind of way to take something that's biological and match it up with something that's electronical because it's just programming. And then once you do that, it still has no soul. So if a glitch happens in the programming, it has no, no history. So how, I, I, it's just stupid. Because you won't be living, your program will be existing, but you won't. It's, I don't care how they look at it. Even if, even if they come up with a, a DNA match of a body, it won't be you that's alive. It'll be basically a, a, a facsimile of who you once were based upon a program. And then they say that they don't even know how happy... Or this, this person says, I don't even know how happy I'm going to be knowing that a copy of myself that is 80% similar to me is going to be surviving you, forever. You can't be happy. It's like a little computer. You can't even it's be like... sad. You can't be anything. <laughs> All you can do is be your programming. That's it. There's, there is no spirit. You know, it's, it's just zeros and ones. Yeah. I don't see how all this stuff going to happen when... God said he's going to destroy the world. How is all this? How is all going? How is it going to happen when he? When God said it's finished, it's finished. It's finished. And when that person is gone, They're he's gone. finished. <laughs> he just. <laughs> so the last paragraph of this article says: Think about the end of your life and what might happen next. There are two possible outcomes. Mm. If your soul exists, you continue on after death, and everything is wonderful. Look at them. Or not. If it doesn't, and your faith is utter demise, well, some part of you could still continue indefinitely as a digital copy. It's a win-win situation. I'm going to just pause it. Oh, maybe it is a win-win no, situation. I don't know. If you end up in hell, I don't know. <laughs> right, because even while the digital, this is true now, while the digital copy supposedly is, is carrying on, your soul, you still have to give an account to God. You know, just because you have a program out there doesn't mean that you're not going to have to give an account to but the Lord. But I have to talk about this article because it's deceiving. Yes. I mean, a a actually, you know, the title says that people... The Dyson sphere could bring people back from the dead, but that's, you know, no. that's not true. Right. Uh -huh. The that's original not... copy going to stand before the Lord. Yes. <laughs> now, it'll make a, now it'll make a good sci-fi movie for the sci-fi channel. It'll, <laughs> it'll do it. <laughs> well, I don't know. Fairy tale. Yeah. Well, anyway, moving on. So um, I know everybody probably heard mm -hmm. that the Vatican came out, Pope Francis came out just within the last couple weeks saying that the Catholic Church cannot bless same-sex marriages because God 
can't bless sin. And that's a very good statement. I'm surprised. And About I'm glad. Time. Yes. I mean, in an interview that he gave back in 2019, he did say that they could have a civil union, mm -hmm. you know, and that way they're legally covered. And I was concerned because I was thinking that he was leaning toward um, blessing, yeah. you know. The union. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad to find out that uh, he isn't, or he doesn't agree with it. And so then I ran across this article, and I don't know if anybody knows who he is, Don Lemon. Yes, he's a CNN news anchor. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, he's a commentator on CNN, and he uh, made headlines last year with his announcement that Jesus wasn't perfect. He was not perfect when he was here on earth. How do, I don't know. How he got there. I, I don't know. Don Lemon evidently wasn't here at that time either. Right. And Don Lemon could not have been reading the scriptures. But now he's back in the news for his attack on the Vatican's refusal to bless same-sex marriages. And in an interview he gave recently, he stated that the Catholic Church and other churches should re-examine themselves and their teachings because that is not what God is about. And I don't think it's just the Catholic Church. I think there are a lot of churches, denominations right. that do not believe in right. you know, same-sex marriage. Because it, not just because they don't believe, but because it's against the word of God. He says that's not what God is about. God is not about hindering people or even judging people. And his belief, Lemon's belief, that he can dictate theology to the Catholic Church reflects the postmodern claim that personal beliefs are true. If he says that God is not about hindering people or even judging people, it must be so, at least in his mind. Right. But he can't uh, put that on someone else. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. And that's someone who has not read the Word of God. That's someone who doesn't have conviction within his soul. That's just somebody who basically wants things to be a certain way, and then they have the nerve to criticize somebody who disagrees with them. Yeah, and he has to realize, too, that he, God said his ways are not our ways, so his ways is not how Don Lemon's ways is thinking. Right, and you know, it's amazing how people don't, they don't realize when God talks about marriage between uh, male and female, he talks about how that is an earthly representation of the bride and the church as a, as the church with groom who is Christ, and so natural marriage is a foreshadow of something that's spiritual. And there's a reason why the Lord made it male and female. He Lord didn't do things just arbitrarily just to be doing something. There's a reason why behind what He decrees, and there's a spiritual justification for everything. And so this idea that people can just cater to their flesh, which holds nothing but sin and somehow wants to identify with being righteous is, is madness. The reason why, and the reason why he take enough of them, because he wanted to. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he wanted to. Okay. He's one. He's, a, he's, he's, on a the, he's on that side, too. So that's oh. why, like they say, birds of a feather flock together. So, okay. So he's taking enough of the other birds. And <laughs> 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 okay. So that's why he came out with it. The writer of this article, Jim Dennison, says that Lemon's belief that his beliefs reflect reality is akin to the man who once told me, 
I don't believe in hell. <laughs> as though his belief changed the existence of hell. Right. If I were to claim that I don't believe in Canada, does that change the existence of Canada? Right. I remember one time I told a person, oh, I don't believe in the mafia and organized crime. The guy looked at me like I lost my mind. That was, I was very young at the time. <laughs> and he looked at me like, are you, are you serious? You know? <laughs> and just because I don't believe it. And like the Lord said, what if some, some don't, don't believe? believe? It does mm -hmm. not make God's word of non-effect. It still is effective. You know? And it won't be effective for that individual because they reject the very help they need. So I'm certain a, a large number of Americans, this article says, would agree. You're welcome to believe your beliefs in God unless someone disagrees. If anyone considers your beliefs to be hurtful to anyone, they must be therefore hurtful. And if they are hurtful, they must be disallowed. The Equality Act poses no threat to such a religion. Rising opposition to biblical morality as homophobic and dangerous poses no threat to those who abandon such morality. The simplest, easiest thing for Christians to do in the months and years to come will be to agree with Don Lennon. No, that, that to me, that's so silly. Why? Who is he? You know, and what, what heaven, what hell does he have that he can place somebody there? What, what soul does he own that he can dictate to them what is and what isn't. You better go towards the word of God and find yourself abiding in his word and his word abiding in you. Yeah, because he got to stand before God just like yes. everybody else. Yeah. So think about Jeremiah. When he was imprisoned, when he wouldn't stop preaching God's word, and remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, in the fiery furnace because they mm -hmm. didn't want to stop preaching God's word. Right. And remember Daniel being thrown into the lion's den because he wouldn't stop praying right. to the Lord. And Peter in Herod's prison and John exiled on Patmos. You know, the compromise we will be encouraged to make was just what the apostles were ordered to do by the Supreme Court of their day. We strictly charged you not to teach in this name, yet you, here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. It, uh, it this, talks about that in Acts chapter 5. Oh, yeah. If those believers would keep their beliefs to themselves and go along to get along, they would get along. However, the apostles replied in verse 29 of Acts 5, we must obey God rather than men. Right. And when the council then beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus in verse 40, they left rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of Jesus. And right. I think that's verse 41 And a lot of, of people are trying to avoid persecution. And some, somewhere along the line, you know, you know they, they try to compromise in order to avoid confrontation. But somewhere along the line, you have to draw. Yeah, you got to draw a line. You right. got to draw a line in the sense that this is where I stand. Right. Yes, because you, this is going to be confrontation. You have to just brace yourself. That's what the Lord said. You have to gird up your loins. You got to be able to stand fast because they're going to come up against you. Like when you're going down in a the plane, they say, right. brace yourself for impact. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so it's, not, it's not going to uh, work trying to placate the enemy. It, that's, I think that's one of the worst things that you can do, to look for your enemy to be understanding and compassionate and merciful, that's 
that's that's delusional. <laughs> that's one of the worst things a person can do is, is look for the enemy to have, take mercy upon them. No, it's not going to happen. That reminds me of uh, Putin, what he was telling Biden the other yes. day. Yes, mm-hmm. he did. Hell, you know, he, he, Putin, I don't know. When Biden was saying, answering, do you think he, he, he's a killer? He's right. a killer, and Biden said, yeah, yeah. and then Putin says, well, I wish you hell. Right, if I'm a, if I'm a killer. <laughs> you know, but you, you can't, you just can't, uh, you two cannot walk together unless they are in agreement. That's what it says in the book of Amos. And it's still true today. You can't dummy down on God's word trying to make the enemy feel better about you. You, know, you have to take your stand. You can't dim your light trying to make the enemy you know, feel better about who you are. Your light has to shine. You can't hide it. Yeah, you can't... Uh... Because like the old saying goes, you know, you can't um, tiptoe around the enemy feeling why the enemy will tap dance on you. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. All right. So getting back to our topic, is it permissible to pray more than once for something? Sure. Look how David prayed even for his son. Like, he fasted three days, three nights. You know, he was saying the same prayer over and over and over again. Lord, spare my child. Spare my son. You know, people pray and, and uh, they repeatedly go before the Lord because they want an answer. And if they don't feel as if they've been answered, then you, Lord said, you seek, you knock. And what about the person, the king that only uh, beat the ground three times? It's like, where is your expectation? Where is your hope? You pray for something and you don't see it right away, so you give up? That doesn't make any sense. It, your hope, your expectation. What did the king say? He said he didn't fear God nor man, but because the woman was so persistent and coming before him, he said, she's going to weary me. So we can't weary God, but he expects us to come to him. And uh, to ask. All right, so is there any exception? Like, any, is there ever any exception? Uh, well, so the, if, it, yeah, if the Lord gives you an answer. And then you still keep praying, and the answer isn't what you wanted to hear, so you still pray, and the Lord has given you your answer. Like, he gave David the answer, and David said, they said, why don't you keep praying then? He said, well, I was thinking maybe God would change his mind. He said, well, but he didn't. He told Samuel, don't pray for Saul anymore. You know, don't come to me anymore regarding Saul. Or well, like when uh, Paul was praying three times, where right. he said, and God gave him his answer, my grace, grace is sufficient. Right. So once God has answered you, then, that's why I tell people, when you ask the Lord something, you have to be prepared for the answer. Well, those are, so those are examples of when God says no. But if God says yes, you should stop right then and there. If he's giving you your answer. And thank him right. and praise him for it. Right. And a year later, two years later, yes, three years later, yes. ten years later, <laughs> 25 years later, 25 years later, look at Abraham. When you was, just say... You don't, you don't pray look, again look and ask a- him? Look at Abraham, 25 years later, when he was still Abram. Yes, once God has said something, there it is. That it, it has to be. So you don't ask again? No, you thank him. <laughs> you know, I know a person, they, uh, they, they were convinced they were going to have a child. And people would try to talk the person out of it. It didn't matter, though. Once God had given her an answer, that was it. Didn't matter what anybody else said. 
So you just don't ask anymore. You don't have I to mean, ask because it's so, because he said he's, he'll give you that assurance. He'll put a, a confidence within a person. You'll feel a settling within your, your spirit. You, it's like a knowledge. You just know. So in other words, you really have to know his voice. Right. You really have to know that you're hearing God. Right. You have to know that. And then, so if you're not sure, if you're did not I sure, hear it? Did I did, then, then you did go he before, really say it? Did then, he, yeah, then you can go before the Lord and ask if he really said it. But when, when God gives you the answer and say, yes, I said it, then that's it. You know, you should have to go back a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh time because you know that God has said it. You know, like a mother of the church told me the other day, I guess uh, one of the saints told her, it's like you know everything, you know the answer to everything. And the mother said, well, I do know everything. And they said, huh? She said, well, I know God, and God knows everything. Therefore, you know, the Lord abides in me. Therefore, I know. I know everything because I know God. And, when, and so I go to the Lord. She said, so in that sense, yes, I guess I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like, I'm not embarrassed to say I know because I know the Lord. And if I need an answer, I know who to go to. So, yes, in that sense, I, I know. I have an answer to everything. <laughs> <laughs> so you just have to make sure that you know the voice, voice of, of the Lord. Lord. You yeah. have to know. And then you have to prepare your heart to accept whatever answer he gives. But, it, but in the meantime, until you get an answer, right. yes or no. Right, you keep praying, you keep asking. There's Ask no shame. and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, not. Right. So that's like a continual... Right. Prayer. And yeah. it continuous. And it pleases the Lord. Yeah, like they say in the acronym of PUSH, you pray until something happens. That's right. <laughs> well, that's going to be the end of this program. We'll continue with another topic next week. Yes, and praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Proverbs 8 and 35. For whoso findeth me findeth life. And shall obtain favor of the Lord. Now ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, where does the phrase, wear out one's welcome, come from? And the answer is Proverbs chapter 25, verse 17, which reads, Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee, and so hate thee. <laughs> this week's food for thought is, what did John the Baptist eat in the wilderness? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought. <laughs>